Hi, I'm Greg Rockefeller. I'm Beth Rockefeller. And I'm Mia Rockefeller, and this is Reading with the Rockefellers, a family YA book club podcast. Today we'll be discussing Glass Sword, the second book in the Red Queen series by Victoria Aveyard. So grab a copy and join us on this literary journey. The legs of the metal chair scrape against the floor, the only sound in the square cell. I leave the other chair where it lies, upended and battered after being thrown against the wall. Cal did quite a number on the cell before I got here, hurling both chairs and a now-dented table. There's a single chink in the wall, just below the window, where the corner of the table hit home. But throwing furniture is no use to me. Instead of wasting my energy, I can serve it, and take a seat in the center of the room. Cal paces back and forth before the window, more animal than man. Every inch of him yearns for fire. Welcome to Reading with the Rockefellers. This is Season 2, Episode 6, Glass Sword, Chapter 8. Wow. So I'm really liking doing this one chapter at a time. Yeah, I think we may have said something about that before. I think we said something about that last episode. We yeah. may have said it off air, but yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it again. I like I like doing one at a time. Yeah, it's we very can, nice. We can focus going from one cliffhanger to another. <laughs> Especially <laughs> now. Right. Especially now. Oh my Victoria gosh. Aveyard. Every single chapter, it's like, Vicky, what are you doing to me? <laughs> Vicky, baby. So yeah, Mare's, Mare's in a cell with Cal, which she's where she wanted to be with Swole Cal, but not yes. where she wanted to be in a cell. Yes. With Silent Stone. Yeah, with Silent yes. Stone, definitely. Definitely. Because apparently it like drags down your personality too you know what i mean right somehow your abilities are like blended with your mm -hmm. personality and when they're dampered then you you just feel off kilter there's also a slight physical element to it like it like physically you physically feel it too so it's like it's all tied together she even mentions in this chapter that it's not quite as bad here because apparently i guess they either she assumes they don't have as much silent stone as it was in the bowl of bones well that's what cal tells us right yeah but yeah but either way they're not where they want to be. She's been betrayed yet again. Yeah. Mare gives herself basically her own beautiful tropical fish moment. Yes. She says she's a stupid fish. <laughs> I am an idiot. I never learned my lesson. I just jumped from one hook to another. Yeah. Well, maybe if you weren't so quick to bite onto something that looks like part of your plan, that wouldn't happen. Right. I mean, I mean, she just burned, she does literally like jump from one extreme high five to <laughs> another. You know, she she has no rationale nope. or reasoning skills. Nope. Nope. Right. Nope. Nope. I mean, seventeen year old girl in a pretty bonkers situation. Yeah, so if I give her a little bit of leeway. I think she's it's a never personality just like, trait, though. I think it's yes. just who she is. Yeah, she's never just like. Wait. Okay, I'm gonna sit back and yeah. see how this right. plays out. You this know, is, this is what Since she's like the anti-Grant. She is. She's like the, she's like the anti-Farley. If you pay attention to yes. Farley in yes. here, she's always just she's, sitting there, and she even and mentions you don't analytical. ever know what Farley's thinking. It's because she pays attention before she makes a decision, and yeah. she also usually thinks before she speaks. Right. She chooses her words very carefully. Mayor chooses her actions even right. more carefully. Mayor is so busy trying to tell and believe in her head that everyone's wrong about her that she tries to prove them wrong by making dumb decision after <laughs> dumb decision. <laughs> <laughs> she's 
she just really can't help herself. She yeah. really can. She really can. I mean, yeah, she really cannot. So, and here we have her and Cal kind of bickering back and forth. Because Cal says something to her along the lines of, you really pick, you really are good at picking the wrong men. You really have the worst taste You have the worst taste, taste, in, taste men. in men. It's the worst. And uh, that she likes prisons. Yeah, I'm starting to think you like right. prisons and that you have the worst taste in men. Yeah. Okay. So, she's Lady Gaga? Uh, I don't know about that. And yeah, it's they have a kind of a nice little. It's not really an argument because it's just really them bickering, almost like an old like couple. an old married couple. Yeah. yeah, and you could almost say it is like they're just like bickering like children, but they're kind of not. It's they're at least like making fair points about each other. Right. It's not like it's just meaningless insult hurling. No. And I mean, they're locked together in a cell. <laughs> Neither one of them have the things that they normally do to outlet their emotions. You know, they're going to be resorting to taking jabs at each other. Because Mare's like, I mean, he's kind of got... A little bit of a point. Maven. And then the last I two people him, to lock me in a cell. Yeah. <laughs> were indeed yeah, men. We're, my fiancé and my and best, friend. best friend. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. And I, I think that's one of the reasons that Cal was throwing furniture everywhere. It's like he was trying to escape, but he knew none of it would really work. I think he just needed to get his anger out somehow. Oh yeah, he's so just, he was just raging, throwing sure. crap everywhere. Yeah, remember how much how much Cal's been through at this point. Yeah, oh, yeah. Much as well, Mare been through, his world has been turned completely upside, upside down. down. Yeah, I mean he's an orphan now. He think about that. Uh huh. He tells her that she has a hard time separating her head from her heart. She does. Maven she told does. her that too. Exactly. Yeah, and and she fires back that you know he trusted Maven too and he, was and like, he yes, cared I about did. Maven too He's my and brother. he made decisions you know based on Maven's feelings and well-beings too and yeah Cal's like he he's my brother, brother. I course. never in a million years would have thought that he would have done what, what he, he did, did. Right. but also Mare I've made mistakes because of you too right right and I've hurt people because of you so yeah. you know again Mare's self-awareness or incredible lack there <laughs> really showing through yes. here. Right. Incredible lack. Well, and she even tells herself she shouldn't listen to Maven. Yeah, because she's like, oh, uh, here I here's all the things that I let happen because of Cal. My heart. Right. I, I let Cal take me dancing. I let Cal kiss me. Right. I let all these people die so Cal wouldn't have to go to war. Like, literally the only reason they killed Colonel McCanthos is so the king wouldn't send Cal to war with well, the Shadow Legion. That's why she did it. That's not well. I mean, that's what they told Maven her, did it, right? Yeah, that's what they told. But her. she did it because for that reason. Yeah, that's because what it's like, oh, it's going to throw. Her okay with it. It's going to throw the king into not wanting to send Cal to a unorganized hey, front, and I, she's like, okay, I have to at least slightly applaud Mare for 
giving it up to Maven that he did indeed give her good advice. Correct. Oh, yeah. Evil monster or not, he gave her good advice. Right? And oh. she hates that. She oh. hates that he gave her legit solid advice. Going through these, these this book, and I love Julian and Farley and a lot of these other characters, but going through the book, the most intelligent character in these books, by far to me, is Maven. He's just oh, yeah. a sociopath. Exactly. That's his problem. He can't. He doesn't know when to check himself. But right. he's incredibly intelligent. He doesn't have yeah. to check he himself. He reads people. Exactly. He knows so much about people and uses it to his advantage at every step. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of got the knowledge of two people. Sort of, because of, yeah. of the queen, yeah. Which is freaky to think about. Right, again, we could have some weird conversations like we did when we talked about whether or not she could manipulate his mind in utero. Yeah, true. Which probably she could. Yeah, she could. Right? But, yeah. So. Uh, but she she says that Cal is uh, a weapon, first and foremost. Either, to the Scarlet Guard? Of course. Yeah, either to be used with her, like either that she can use to go find the New Bloods, or he's a weapon that's going to be used against her because they have this bond. And she tells herself she has to prepare for, that. for both of those things to happen. Right. So she's making this plan, you know, to go find these new bloods and outrun Maven with Cal. But she's also, like, keeping a distance because if he turns against her, she has to be ready to cut and run, you know? So right. I love how she's like, I need to be prepared. But she's not. <laughs> she never is. She really never is. Yeah. <laughs> But then they're talking about she said something to Cal and referenced all of these other boxes, these places that she's seen the Scarlet yeah, Guard. Yeah, because this is when they talk about the Silent Stone right. and how it doesn't how feel do they, as strong there because there's only a limited amount. And how did they get yeah. it? Yeah, it's supposed to only be used by the government. Right. So how is it there? And she brings up all the things she saw, mm-hmm. plus the fact that there's Lakelanders. Right. Yeah. On the so, other side. hi, this is our enemy, and they're just strolling around here. Right. Like, they own the place. And he's like, well, that's impossible, because to get through the choke... There's no way there's around no it, way. Unless, unless they have jets. Unless they have jets. And she's <gasps> like... Yeah. There was a big hangar. There's a big, long road with a stripe down the middle that leads nowhere. Maybe that's a runway. Danger zone. So again, she realizes, and it's like, and this is what we, what we talked about earlier about her being shocked every time, like Harry Potter was shocked every time he's seen magic, <laughs> right. even seven years There's later. A spell for that? It's like yes, he, he Harry, walks into the tent at the They must have club. a jet. And it's now, like, she says a jet. She doesn't think maybe more than one. Sorry, I'm still on her. Wings. Topic. She just says wings. Right. Like, he says they must have wings. And she's like, yep, they must have wings. Like, you know, there's, and, there's at least a jet. And Cal kind of perks up at this, like, and, well, maybe they have a shot. Right. And people who know how to fly jets, apparently. Right. right. I mean, you can't really take <laughs> cargo or people without, without you know, having that. at least a semi-competent pilot. Right. Which is where then they start, she kind of starts to discuss Julian and the New Bloods here. Well, and we skipped over the part where she asks if there's been any soldiers patrolling around down there. Right. And he says, not since 
the blood-eyed man had left when he locked him up down there. And then that's mm-hmm. when she tells him that he's Farley's father. father. Yeah. Which and explains, again, he says, so much. I feel sorry for her, but my family is infinitely worse. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then, well, as we don't know yet right now what happened to the other two females in that picture. Yes. What happened to we can say Holly's that mom and sister? Maybe right now. Like, it's a pretty safe bet that Farley's sister did not cut her mother's head off. <laughs> like, the chances of that are pretty Very big. Very slim. Right. So, Cal might have it a little worse yes. than Farley, but until we know what happened to the yes. sister and the mother, we can't 100% yeah. say. And if something bad may have happened to them because of the war, we don't know, and that may be right. why... The Colonel and Farley are the way they are. Right. What happened to his eye? What yeah. battle or whatever happened to his eye to make it? And where did Farley get that scar? Where did Farley get the scar? Yeah. Because it just no, appeared. She didn't yeah. have it. When did she time. cut all of her hair off? Because right. it was long and braided in the photo that they saw. And it, it wasn't it. I thought she had the braid when Mary first met her. Then. I thought her hair was short. Was it already short? Sure. But she didn't she have never scar. mentions cutting it off. Like right. she never says, oh, yeah. I've seen. Like, I see Farley this time and her hair is short. But the scar wasn't there the first time. The scar wasn't there. Right, and it was fresh the second time. So, whatever was going on in the background. In the um, Phineas and Ferb episode to Red Queen's Star Wars. Yes. Whatever was going on in the Farley subplot that we didn't see. Which I, for the record, I'm not saying anything, I'm just saying I know. We'll get there eventually. Will we? Of course. Are we doing Broken Throne? Why wouldn't we? Anyway. Maybe we'll do it eventually on the Patreon. That's 100% going to happen. You've got to, you have to plan for the fact that that may not happen. (laughs) We'll see. So can we talk about their discussion now? Yes. Are we there now? Yes. Can we, can we, can we? Oh, are we going to go over the plan? That they've got, the guy comes and brings them their food tray. Oh, right. But I don't think they were they really going to do that. <laughs> no. The guy comes and brings them their food tray. Well, <laughs> she was going to flash him? No. No. <laughs> well, that's, I, you know, the tracks for your brain. We did just finish watching Glee, so. But yeah, they the guard wants them to get against the wall and turn around while he deposits the little food tray in the slot or whatever and they both just stare at him like uh nope not doing that so he has a bit of a mexican standoff with them and then walks away eating their food food. yeah and And mayor's like i mean i I grew up hungry it's not really i can go a few hours without food but But, yeah captain beefcake over here (laughs) needs five thousand calories a day to survive or he'll look like like Terry from Malnourished. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Mary's uh, like I had half a saltine this morning. I'm, I'm gonna be good to go. A couple almonds for dinner and all the type. But Cal's like, oh no no no, this is all part of my plan. He's pulling a shade here, and he's like, are you gonna be okay? I'm fine. Was it Terry that broke you? No. Right. Just all of my shoes. It was just all funny. <laughs> Have a couple Com- of almonds for dinner. <laughs> the compounding of everything that's been said. It's hilarious to me. Continue. 
But he's basically going to do the thing where he acts like he skipped a couple meals and he's going into, you know, like low blood sugar or whatever. He's, he's going to pass, pass out. Right. And then when they call the medic in, he's going to pull a hopper and he's going <laughs> to jump up and punch the medic in the face and make a run for he's it. Right. That's, that's his plan. And Mare's like, honey, is that the only plan that he's got? And he's right. like, yep. <laughs> That's, that's what I got. And she's like, ah. In fairness, though, once if he can get outside of a cell, he's still got his fire bracelet on. It's not like he can't just start lighting stuff up. They're going to be in that's a lot true. of trouble. The moment he passes through that doorway, right. everybody there is toast. Toast. Like, literally I, scorched dirt. <laughs> I guess it's like, why wouldn't they at least also take the precaution of taking the bracelets off? Right. And keeping them somewhere that he can't, there is, like, he can't find them? There is a point in this yeah. chapter that kind of makes Cal's character for me when he's when the colonel's in there and you know what I'm talking about oh, yeah. when he says to the colonel which I love and that's the part where when we're casting for this part mm-hmm. we need to think of someone who's going to nail that part because it right. even we are not going to make it to the it end even of this book. it even shakes the colonel so I that's we'll get there yeah it's just an awesome well and so Mare says here that she uh that without her abilities, like Cal is lost without his abilities. He has to fall back on his military training right. and tactics and what he's read in books. So And she even says his intelligence, which he's not the It's not the sharpest blade. <laughs> not the sharpest blade. But he does, he does he does know military. Idea. Right. Militarily <laughs> but, though, he is quite adept. Yeah, but one person, that's a he's a little out right. of his wheelhouse. So but she goes back to you know, 17 years without abilities trying to survive in the stilts and make a way. And she says, I revert back to the selfish, heartless girl who would do anything to save her own skin. And in my notes, I wrote, have we seen this mare? She's been trying to save Kalorn since like chapter one. Of yeah. I mean, like, literally, I, we have not who, seen a selfish, heartless She mare. has told stories from like in the early, in the early chapters from, like, before the book started, where she was like, I just always want to save Kalorn. Right. Who is older than her. Right. Is he not? He's, like, by a few months, I think. By a few so. months, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's always the joke. Because he was coming just... up on his 18th birthday. Yeah, and hers was a little bit away. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't understand where she thinks <laughs> that she's ever been selfish and heartless, but I, she's, yeah. she's beating more herself mar- up more at this point. More yeah, guys, I was selfish, and now, heartless. When she when she talks to Cal, do they talk? Do they talk about the new blood here? Yeah, this is when she's like, "So Julian's alive." Oh, by the way, yeah, figured I'd throw that out there while yeah. we're in captivity together. You know, your only remaining family mm-hmm. member, living family member. Yeah, and he's like, "Well, who told you that?" The Colonel. The Colonel. The Colonel. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just, I imagine like a very <laughs> I imagine like. We go back to, we go to, like, bratty little child where it's like, hey. Hey. Yeah. That just sounded like Minecraft villager. It did. <laughs> but she's like, I think I believe him, but then gives no explanation for why. Like, the next sentence <laughs> does not support her theory and why she believes him. Right. Just that the colonel thinks that Julian was all part of Maven's mm-hmm. honey trap. Yeah. Right. And that the list is not real, and that Maven used Julian to give her these names, 
to send her and them on a wild goose chase, wasting resources, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So how that would mean that he's still alive, I'm not really sure. Right. I guess it's like why, why he, anybody thinks Maven would trust Julian with anything is beyond me. Right. Like well, I they, must not really know Maven and Julian's know. relationship they don't. because I, Maven they don't. would not I think trust the excuse no, they don't there know any of that. Is it's like why else would Maven keep Julian alive? Make what? Her happy. Or it's like what to make her unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, true. It's like what other real reason or to draw her out. I mean he have to not just kill. I think he might just enjoy keeping Julian like a puppet on a string almost. Yes. Like living in constant fear of him. You know, I could have you murdered at any time. My mother could have your eyes taken out at any time. You know. It's like, it's fun. You have to see the woman you love walk around not being able to speak to you. You know, I think think he feels like death would be too easy Easy. for Julian. And he would have much more fun. Because well, yeah. he's basically harmless to Maven, right? Right. So, you I know. I mean, as long as he's in captivity, yeah. what can he do? Plus, at this point in time, he could be a very valuable tool to draw Mare, Mare out. Right. And Cal yeah. out. Yeah. It, Again, Cal's only living relative that we know of. Other right. than Maven. Even. Well, Dad, does that even count anymore? Not anymore. <laughs> Even Cal at this point is like, okay, well, you're you're gonna have to find all those red, all those reds with abilities because Maven's going after them. Yeah, because he needs the support. He's a young king coming up after a murdered father. Not necessarily a stable place right. to begin your reign. Right, and, and he, people like House Aral and House Samos would love nothing more than to expose him for being a liar. Right, and telling to, everybody that Mare well, was a fluke. Well, that's what Cal has pointing out. He has to. He's Maven's not gonna go after them to recruit them and use them. He's gonna go after them to. He has to eliminate them quickly and quietly because mm-hmm. he can't let anyone know that there are reds with abilities. Because in the silver world, Everything they don't believe crumble. that. Yeah. Everything would crumble. He'd be proven to be a right. liar. Especially and after. He can't lose space right. right now. Right. After he was like, yeah, no, she's abilities. Fake. She's a fraud. She's a fraud somehow. Right. Baby. <laughs> so she's like, so everyone that we save. Hurts him on the throne as well as with what on they the can battlefield. Do for us. Yeah, and he's like, you throw that term "we" around <laughs> an awful lot. And Mary's just like, well, does that bother you? I imagine, so I imagine, girl, you don't like, have no taste in men. Psh, whatever. I imagine her like looking down and being like, but does that bother you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your taste in men is big, beefy, and prince-like. Swole. 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 Yeah. Big time. Which is one of the reasons she constantly friends on It's like, sorry, buddy, you're not swollen. Yep, he's he's got the height. Yeah, you. But, but he's you're... made out of toothpicks <laughs> or pipe cleaners. Pipe cleaners. Yes. So like my cousin. But yeah. before we get, can get a resolution to this conversation, is this when they hear the footsteps coming from outside? Yep. Because he doesn't even get a chance to answer her. Like he's thinking about it. Like mm-hmm. it's like several footsteps marching in time, which means it's. The colonel. the colonel. Okay, I... So he's up on his feet. He's like, mm. I have a question about the plane here. This goes to, this goes to Dad. What's with the two exclamation points? Is that like, oh no. Are you just super excited that the colonel is back? Or This is a good scene. We get a little bit from the colonel, it, but it, it's just the no, colonel. No, it's, it's a good scene. I like it. So the colonel comes marching down, but and he's got several 
I guess, uh, Lakelander troops with him. Yeah. And, and they, they want to appear to be, you know, hungry and stoic. Right. and But when she sees Kalorn with the colonel, she almost bolts up to her feet, And too. Cal's to be like, no, no, no. Because yeah. no. at first, Cal jumps to his feet, this. and she's like, yeah. no, don't stand for him. And then, and then she sees Kalorn, and she's almost up. Yeah. And so the colonel stops in front of the door, and he motions off to the side for somebody to be brought forward. Brought forward. <laughs> and Mare says that she can see that the person that they're bringing forward is fighting so much, they have like, to hold really them hard. off the ground. because. And even then, she manages to elbow one, get loose. I think she punches one in the jaw, yeah. I think one in the knee. Yeah. Yeah. So Farley's putting up a huge fight. It's yeah. Farley, by the way. Farley, she's not going down without a fight. No. And she not want to be there. She never does. No. Farley will fight. But then they finally Farley have enough guards to slam her up against the wall and hold her up. And then Kalorn comes over Traitor! with a syringe <laughs> and is finally able to inject her. Yep. And she slowly kind of fades and then passes out. Yep. And they throw her in the sail across, I believe. Yeah, directly, directly across. across. Which, like, good job. So they had they taken care to not be too brutal with her. Yeah. You know, despite they, her being brutal with them. Despite the fact them, she probably broke a jaw and possibly probably. dislocated a knee of yeah. somebody else. Yeah. Like, so, like, like, they were under strict orders. Her, yeah. Don't hurt Lock her. her up, but don't hurt her. So he'll give his daughter a cell, but not bruises. Well, he, right. <laughs> and Mary even said, like, she doesn't have enough scars already. Right. And, well, and Mary even mentions that the colonel. She sees in his face just a hint for a brief second of emotion. Emotion, like he doesn't, he can't actually, he doesn't want this, but he feels he has to, kind of thing. So Farley's now in the prison. Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. The colonel crosses the little passageway and enters Mare and Cal's cell. Right. And he wants with to have a Kalorn. little face-to-face with, yeah, Kalorn's in there, too. And they get locked in. He wants to have a little face-to-face with Mare and Cal. And the only way that he can, I guess, feel good about himself and safe he pulls is to pistol. draw a gun on the two of them. So even though they don't have their abilities, he's already silenced that. Literally, yes. he still feels like he needs a gun to control two teenagers. Right. So he might be a little scared of like, what they could do. You need a pistol to control two children with nothing but guns. Yeah. Right. He ignores that and just says, he's lucky that I'm progressive or otherwise he would be dead. And what does Cal say here? Because this is what I'm talking about. Cal's response here is fantastic to me. Why are you here? Yeah. Why am I, Why still, am I still alive? alive? The only Why reason that I'm still alive is... You're trading. You're trading. Which he knows. Yeah. You're using me as a bargaining chip for something. And it's basically... Well, the colonel's mad because he doesn't get to say it out loud. Right. Because he, he took he his full of thunder. He lost his big reveal you moment. Stole yeah. thunder, man! Well, now I'm not going to tell you since... <laughs> I mean, pretty much. We're watching a petty off yeah. here. <laughs> yeah. It's just who can be more petty. Pretty much. 
Mm. I know a person in my life who would win any petty off she gets into. Yep, me too. I, I mean, I don't know that Cal's really being petty. Cal's just like not stupid. He knows. He understands exactly. This is Cal's wheelhouse. Right. Exactly. He knows exactly Strategy. what's going on here, and I think it just kind of bothers the colonel. Like he thinks that Cal's going to be shocked. He's a, just a prince. He doesn't know any better. No, yeah. he was raised on this. Right. And Mayor says, "How stupid!" Ask the colonel how stupid he is if he's going to trade away their best weapon. And uh, he says, I'm not as stupid as you are to think that he would fight for us. Right. You know. Which he's like, got a point. You don't know that. Exactly. Why would you assume that? So she's like, yeah, you know, I don't I don't really know that. I know what he would fight against. Maven. And that's Maven. So right now that puts us on the same side. Like, in her mind, yeah, where they are. It's currently like the enemy of our enemy is our friend. Is my friend? Yeah, right. that's kind of how she has to look at it at this point in time because you know he's the best chance they've got, right? And so, um, well, and not just his ability, but his knowledge of the silver military, silver cities, exactly. Everything that's you know he he's a wealth of things that they could use. Yeah, and she, so she says, very well, Colonel Farley. He flinches. We have a flinch here. She actually gets him to flinch. flinch And and he is fighting the urge to turn around and look at Diana in the cell, you know, knowing that he left her in there. All right, Diana's like, Diana? And Mare's like, oh, I'm going to file that away for a piece of mental anguish to be used later. later. You know, make a check of that. He does actually care if he hurts her and cares about her. I find it a little funny that he got angry or he, you know, it like, it affected him when he was called Colonel Farley, but it affects Farley when she's called by it. When she's called Diana, yeah. yeah. Or Captain, the, the few times she's been like, Captain Farley. Mm-hmm. Right. So the colonel says that Maven has put forth the bargain that if they trade, if they hand over Cal, that the conscription age will go back up to 18. 18, And that all the 15 to 18 year olds will be sent home and no more 15 to 18 year olds will be taken. Note, the one thing that directly affected Mare is the thing that Maven will pull back. Issa won't have to be... Right. The thing that affected her so far. Conscripted. Yeah. So, it's like a direct signal to Mare, in my mind at least, that I know you guys are together. I know you'll do anything to save him, but the only other person that you would give something up to save more... Is your sister. Is your sister. So, if your family comes back, at least your sister won't have to go... To fight in the war. For three years. For three years she won't be conscripted. Maybe by then her hand will be better and she'll get a job. But yeah. So. uh, You know he's like this is a good deal. And Mare's like it's too good of a deal. He'll never honor that. Maven will never honor that. Agreement. True. And Cal knows that. Even if that's the case. They can't turn it down. They have to say yes. 
because they have to give Maven something to distract him, calm him down, and quit his salivating for a little bit so they can regroup and, you know, not have him pressing down on them so hard. He's like, there's really not a choice here. If we're going to get him off our back for even a little bit, you're going to have to send me back. This is where the colonel has his line, um, where he calls Cal Tiberius. Right. And he says, take heart, Tiberius. Your death will save thousands of children. So, like, that's how he's presenting it. Like, we hand over you. You get executed on national TV or whatever right. Nurse Maven's going to do. Right. I, I All these 15 do to 18-year-olds are going to be saved because they're going to come home from war and no more 15 to 18-year-olds right. are going to be conscripted. And Mare's right. like, okay, okay, you know, she's doing the math in her head. Like, how many thousands of kids aren't going to have to go to war so early? How many parents are going to be able to save their children? For now. But I have to okay. give up. For now. My, I, right. But I have to give up my school pal. I feel like what the colonel says is so much proof that he can dish it out, but he can't take it. Like, calling Cal Tiberius, calling Farley Diana, and yet, like, the slightest little jab, and he's just like... Mm. A little. But one thing I want to point out, though, is what Maven is doing is what, if you look back through the history of the world, any kind of tyrannical dictator has done. They take everything away and then make it look like giving you something like this right. is a huge yes. deal. Mm-hmm. They take everything away from you and then when they give right. you things that you should have always had, it right. seems like a good deal. It's kind of like the Kobayashi Maru in Star Trek. It's a no-win scenario. Right. They're still going to go to war in three years. You're just getting three extra You're years. You're just getting right. three extra years. And they make you think that they're giving you something when they've taken away everything. Right. Exactly. So this is when Cal... Uh, is this it? Yeah. This is this is, <laughs> is, when, it, is this it? Is you know what I'm it? talking about now? I I have it. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah. So Cal um you know, looks almost animalistic, she right. says. Like his lips pull back from his teeth and she expects to see fangs the way he's you know, devilishly grinning at the colonel. Right. And he says, I'm your rightful king, silverborn for centuries. The only reason you're still breathing is because I can't burn the oxygen in this room. Like, do you know who you're talking to? Yeah, right. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. And the colonel steps back and stumbles into Kalorn and has a when Farley got touched by Mare moment. Yeah. He's mad at himself and ashamed Clutching for reacting. Girls. Yeah. Yeah. For reacting the way he did. But Cal seriously just scared the pee pee out of him. Yeah. But. So I, I thought for a minute the colonel's a Lakelander. Yeah. yeah. So Cal is not really his loyal yeah. king. No. He has no uh, loyalty no. to Cal's family. Neither do technically the Reds, but I think Cal's saying it more of in a way of that's what they're at war at anyway. Right. He kind of believes he is the rightful king of all of it. Yeah. But the colonel can only respond with your boat leaves tonight. Your Highness. Your Royal Highness. I advise you to say goodbye to Miss Barrow because I doubt you'll ever see her again. Ah. All the Mare Cow people just got like super sick to their stomach (laughs) for a minute. Like the hardcore Mare Cow shippers. All the the hardcore Mare Cow shippers have read the entire series. That's true. This isn't shocking. Except for this one. 
Are you, what do you mean you have red hair? I, well, I'm already broken down. Yeah. Are you like a hardcore Mercantile shipper? I don't really care. I mean, I don't ship her with Maven, but. If you do, you're, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> you have uh, Welcome to half of the internet. It's <laughs> weird. It's the Mare Raven people are, are crazy. Yeah, they are insane. nuts. I could see that because that is insane to me. It is the most toxic, disgusting relationship. <laughs> I don't understand how people can think that they are at all sexy. No, it's like this. They're like, but he really loves her. It's like, no, no he's incapable he of love. He he doesn't even love himself. Do you yeah. want toxic relationships? Because this is how you get toxic relationships. 100%. Right. That's like saying a serial killer loves her victims. Yeah. No, it seriously is. That's the kind yeah, of relationship right. he has with Mary. She's a possession. Yeah. He must have her and control her. That's uh-huh. not love. Exactly. Sorry for this rant we went on. This is why we don't ship Mary Raven. Right. Exactly. And why we go chapter by chapter now instead of trying to cram <laughs> two chapters into one episode. So that we can go on these rants. So Cal's like, you know, resigning himself to the fact that he's going to have to go, you know. But he's still concerned about Mare. What's going to happen to Mare? Aww. Right? See, this is cute. And uh, he's like, I'm about to die, but what about, but what about Mare? Mare? And she's like, oh, that's stupid. But cute. <laughs> like, Aww, I'm touched, but stupid. you're stupid. <laughs> Kalorn, like, takes this opportunity to show up Swolkow. And he's like, she'll be watched, guarded, guarded but not, not hurt. hurt. Honey. You can't promise that. Right. Yeah, because the colonel uh, flashes a, a brief face here that Mare interprets as he's letting me live right now, but he wants me just as dead as, as Maven does. Yes. So, Or as he wants Cal dead. Well, Right. Well, And she even points that out to the colonel. Does she not even say, basically, is it going to be like that for all yeah. reds with abilities? You're just going to lock us all in a cage? What about Shade? What about Shade? Yeah. bring Shade down here? You're going to lock him up? And he's like, well, Shade's been a good soldier so far, just like this one here. And he pats Kalorn uh, uh, uh. on the shoulder. If, and Kalorn no. just if, soaks it up. Yes. Like, because it's really the only, like, it's the only positive adult attention He's yeah, it's, it's like, the only fatherly it's approval the only he's ever thing received. Close to fatherly love he's ever gotten. Except for maybe his master, I guess. I don't know but what their relationship like, was really like, but he yeah. probably would have seen some of that in right. his master. You but know? it's like that wasn't really love. It no. was like I need you so that I don't get sent to war and die, and you need me to do your work. So that's the friendship we have going on. Yeah, and and the colonel says, without him, I never would have had the excuse. Or the opportunity to lock you up. So for those people who are already mad at Kalorn, here's some reason to be a little bit more mad at him. He willingly turned over Mare to the colonel <coughs> to lock her up. Right. And this this and doesn't this doesn't sit well with Mare. Right. She looks at him and she's like, You must be so proud. <laughs> and he's how, like, Not yet. And makes kind of an a movement that would be obvious to her. I'm making a movement with my body on an <laughs> on an audio medium. I wasn't even looking at right? you, so I'm, I'm just, just over here making movements with my body, acting like I'm moving a box of syringes. So in my can pocket. you see this at home? Yeah. So everybody at home, you can totally see what I'm doing. You know, he's he's got the syringes in his pocket, and Mare can tell that he's kind of moving them towards the Outside opening of, of his, his pocket. pocket. Yeah, that's something he's about to do. Something. 
and, I love uh, how she says it looks natural, but there's nothing natural about what he's doing. I've tried to mimic his, like, the motion based on how she describes it. It does yeah, not feel no, natural. I'm, this does not feel natural. My <laughs> guess is... My guess is she's probably seen something similar before. They've probably done things where ruses where they set stuff up oh, like yeah. this when they were yeah. running together. They've yeah. broken into things. Right. All kinds They've of stuff. They've set people so. up and had one person is distracted while the well, other. I'm yeah, sure this is something she's seen. Yeah. So he makes a big show of dropping the box of syringes and jumping away from the colonel at the same time. As they And all the syringes fall and yeah. start to break. All the syringes fall and break all over the floor. But and there's liquid all over the floor. Mayor notices one didn't break and it's in his, in his palm. Yeah. He's basically palming one. Yeah. So the colonel bends down to try to, you know, salvage what he can. And he's all, ah. you know, ah, stupid kid. And, <laughs> and that's just the opportunity Kalorn needs. He reaches out he, and jams the needle in the colonel's neck. And he kind of jerks a little bit and uh, Kalorn pushes down the plunger and Puts all the medicine into the colonel's neck. And the colonel replies by turning around and <laughs> punching him right in the face. <laughs> Knocking Kaloran across hopper. the room into the wall. <coughs> Total hopper moment. Punch, punch, but punch, then punch, punch. Cal, the Cal fulfills his destiny and rams the colonel into the wall. <laughs> basically holding him up against the wall until he starts to pass out. Kicking and screaming. Yeah. And fighting the, just like his daughter Just did. like his daughter. And the, the soldiers on the other side of the door are like, Whoa! You know, we can't open the door and rush in there because... You know what I see? There's, we have to, yeah. there's two soldiers, and in my head when I read this, I started to giggle because I had a vision of Key and Peele playing the <laughs> and having a hilarious discussion about what they should do in this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going in there. Like I'm, not, I'm not going in there like either. Have you seen how big that dude is? Skit starts happening outside the window somehow. I don't know why. They're like they're like doing rock paper scissors on who's going to go in there, but they keep tying. <laughs> <laughs> rock paper scissors shoot. Dark. Dang it! Rock paper scissors shoot. Ah! Rock paper scissors shoot. Okay, rock paper scissors Spock. Rock paper scissors Spock shoot. Ah! Dang it! <laughs> so. As these guards are looking inside and trying to figure out what's going to happen, Shade pops up. Oh, wait, but wait, first... Wait, 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 we have to go through yeah. this, because this is hilarious. This is hilarious. Kalorn is massaging this oh, bruise. Oh, right. This and, bruise that's popping up on the Mary side of his face. And comes up to him, and he's like, no, Mary, fight. And yeah. she just punches him in the face. The right on the other side of the face. It gives him a matching bruise. He's there, like, now you match. no, and Mary, you house. don't have to worry about that. <laughs> And then she's like, there, now you match. And then gives him a right. hug. And then gives him a hug. And he so kind of relaxes like against her. Like, well, and he has to tell her, he's like, look, I couldn't, you were going to come anyway. They were going to catch you down here. Right, yeah. so I had to come up with a, something, a, an idea. So. I this figured was the I'd best be much more useful if I wasn't in a cell, in a cell next, next to you. Yeah, she's like, I was trying to tell you to trust me, <laughs> but you just <laughs> weren't listening. Right. Like the and one person she should be trusting, she doesn't. What is with her? It's like she trusts everybody else except the one person she should be trusting. Right. Well, because all the other people that have said, don't worry, you can trust me, she hasn't been able to trust. Right. So I really don't blame her when Kalorn tries to pull the wool over her eyes and be like, no, just trust me. It's like, dude, that has not worked out very well for anybody else in this book. I normally wouldn't blame her if after this, she, someone says, Mary, you can trust me, and then she does, and it still doesn't work out. Right. 
could guarantee you that will happen. Oh, I know. I know yeah. what happens. But it's like... There's I, a flinch in there, too, by the way. Like I, one. Normally, I would be like, yeah, I, I 100% get it. If after this, she did the same thing and she learned her lesson. She doesn't. Right. So, but then they're like, okay, well, how do we get out? Yeah, Cal's like, hey, I hate to break up this little trust fest you guys are having, but I really hope that your plan involves more than just putting him to sleep. Right. <laughs> and uh, Cal's like, or Kalorn's like, just because I can't read doesn't mean I'm stupid. Like he's he's mad because <laughs> right. this cheesehead can read and he can't. Right. It's got some sort of personal vendetta. I guess it's a friend zone thing. Yeah. It's like the same way why Jorah Mormont but, was always mad at right. Jorah Harris. Doesn't Kalorn say something like, well, but you know, look out, wait, and they all look are looking out the window. Yeah, for like, should be any second. And ten, ten seconds, seconds later, to be exact. that's yeah. when Shade pops up. Shade literally pops in. Right behind the guards. Yeah. If you didn't hear my pop sound, I'm going to do it again. Brace on his leg, bandages on his shoulder. Crutch. Holding a crutch. But, strategically, not putting any weight on said crutch. Yes. It's just there to use as a bat as he smashes the Key and peel outside in the face. <laughs> and knocks Which, them out. When I was on crutches, I was like, this is like a great weapon. Yeah. Like, I should, if I get into, like, if someone starts, tries to, like, fight me and be like. Yeah, exactly. I have one working back, leg. Back. <laughs> I'm going to throw in a wrestling reference here. Many a times a crutch has been broken over somebody's back in a wrestling ring. Many, many, many. Usually, as part of a ruse, is the, oh, Correct. I'm hobbling down to the ring. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, We're um, really showing our true selves in these episodes. Right. the purest version of the Rockefeller brand. We really are. We're, we're deep diving into all of our favorite stuff. <laughs> Although, Mia and I have leveled out the Taylor Swift references. I already made that. A little bit, yeah. I mean, one. Yeah. We usually have, like, one per episode, but, you know, it's not like five or six like we were packing in the beginning. <laughs> I'm not but, trying. Shade pops up and the, the lock clicks and Cal instantly <laughs> bolts for the door and wrenches right. it open. Get me out of here! He cannot get out of there fast enough. Right. Rushes outside, takes a big, huge breath of air. Uh, Mare does instantly the same thing and sparks up. Like, <laughs> the minute she can, she gets outside the door and feels her powers and she's come like, back, she oh. sparks up. <gasps> and then she's talking to her fingers. She's like, I missed you. <laughs> Yeah, she's, she's like, like looking at her sparkling you. fingers. I missed you. I, I feel like it's almost more like, I missed you. I kind of feel that way like when I when I haven't done my nails for a while and I do my nails. And, and I they paint your really nails again you're like, oh, I missed you. They're so pretty. I forgot how good these colors are. But I mean, I can't kill anybody with my nail polish, <laughs> unfortunately. I mean, you could if you tried hard enough to tell all about your nails. True story. So as she's admiring her purple sparkles on her fingers. <laughs> she hears, you're a strange one, lightning girl. <laughs> Yay! Over her shoulder. If I was chuckling earlier when she like went out and you, you heard me chuckle when mom said something about like she leaves the cell, this was fine. I was remembering it. I was leaving this and chuckling about it. Yeah, she's she's just casually mm-hmm. leaning against Barley. the, yeah. then you're weird, the door. You're Seemingly uh having no lingering effects from the drug that she just was administered it, yes. by Kalorn. So, uh, Kalorn, you know, <laughs> like, gives Mare a little smile and says, this is when it was really handy to befriend nurses. nurses. 
it was just easy enough to distract her so something special could be put in the box. This was our last this is our last mention of Lena. The second and also final mention of Lena. I think it's technically the third. Isn't I think it? she was mentioned twice in the other chapter. Right. Well, but this is like only the, the second chapter she's mentioned. Was it like the same scenario she was mentioned in the game that she was using light? I think so. I think so. Because if it was like the same Yeah. Like it's basically the same mention at that point. Anyway. Farley's like, she's gonna be real heartbroken to find out that you're gone. Poor girl. Yeah, and Shade's like, not my problem. <laughs> or Kalorn's like, not, not my, my problem. problem. He. I don't want to get friends on by another girl. <laughs> right. He clearly uh, does not see Lena in that way and only has googly eyes for Mare. I I also like that before this, Farley, or in her head, Mare says something about uh, Farley makes a face akin to something like a pout. But I just imagine she like can't quite do it because Farley doesn't have those emotions anymore. Well, she's so also got a like, big scar. Yeah, true. So it's all so it's like really weird. It's like right, like lopsided, not quite there, out of days. And I cannot wait to see that for Carrie Summer. Right. <laughs> so Cal's like, okay, hey, what you know, what what's and going now, on here? Do we have an escape plan or what? And uh, Shade's like, well. Next up, we jump. Now we jump. He's and, like at the ready. And uh, so the the chapter ends with, I'm the first to put my hand on his arm, holding tight. Even if I can't trust Kalorn, Cal, or anyone else, I can trust in ability, in strength, in power. With Cal's fire, my form, my storm, and shade speed, nothing and no one can touch us. While we are together, I will never suffer a prison again. Oh, Mary. <laughs> oh, Sorry for the evil you laugh. You can't that I just make those black and white statements, baby. <laughs> also, I love that she's like in ability, in strength, in power. Which is every, all of the stuff everything that I she to hated hate. about the silver. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, she's learning that. You have to play these games in order to get ahead. What Julian told her, but also eighty-five chapters ago, <laughs> right? That hey, everybody else is playing a game. You're only farther behind in your refusal Correct. to play. So now you know she's like, if you don't play yourself. Got, you're letting them play you. Yeah, exactly. She's like, I've got to get a stake in the game, or you know, I'm just going to get played over and over and over again. So she's like, I just, I'm going to end this episode, my final real statement about this chapter. Mare, baby, <laughs> baby girl. I know, I know. <laughs> so cynical, yet blindly optimistic at the same time. And you should know when she makes a statement like this, soon you're going to see her do or something happen to her that's the exact opposite. Yeah, it happens they'll over get and over. split up. Or all of them together will be put into a prison. Right. It, those are the only, only two, two options. options. But so we've got this kind of. But she is going to wind up in a prison. We've got this sort of right now uneasy alliance because they're all aiming for the same thing. But you got kind of a group of people who don't all have all had issues with trust or issues. I mean, Farley and Cal have history. Oh yeah. Kalorn and Cal have history. Kalorn and Cal have history. 
So there's a lot of history. Right. So you've got Shade, Kalor, and Cal, Mare, and Farley, kind of ragtag group of people that I guess are going to go go find the new bloods, I would assume, is what, because that's all that Mare's been talking yeah. about. Yeah. It's like the crew of the Firefly. A little bit. <laughs> it's, it, it's like, remember when Mare was like, the Scarlet Guards is like this ragtag group of rebels? This is what she imagined the Scarlet Guard to be like. Right. right. What ha- What is happening now, this little break-off, is what she thought that the entire Scarlet Guard was. Correct. Yeah. So they're all going to go get in the Millennium Falcon <laughs> and fly away to find the new bloods. With Mr. Mr. Schuster. Mr. Schuster. Mr. Schuster. In his Han Solo outfit. Han Solo outfit. The episode of Glee we just watched. Yeah, if you guys want a really deep cut, go find this the Christmas episode, episode of Glee. In the second season. Yeah. And look at the outfit that Mr. Schuster is wearing. At the That's end of the, the episode, he looks like Han Solo. Yes. Is it Halloween, Mr. Schuster? Because you're wearing your Han Solo costume. The episode says Christmas. <laughs> but you're in a Halloween costume. He looks like Han Solo. Where's Chewie? I can't do it looking like someone else do it. I can't do it either. You can't do it either. You did a good one earlier. Me? Yeah, yeah but now we've been talking for over an hour. I can't do it on demand. Yeah, you just gotta be in there. That's terrible. Please cut that. <laughs> Feels bad. But you know who does do a good Chewy? Who? Dave Matanzaro. Matarazzo, whatever. Yeah, I can't do it. Yes, he does. Oh, you're talking Shout about out to Stranger Things season four, Dustin? volume two, that dropped today. Yes. Yeah. 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 He does a he does a good Chewy. He does. So we went on a little bit of a rant here. It had absolutely nothing to do with Red Queen. We're just very excited that we're going to watch Stranger Things after we record. But it started with Glee. So now, <laughs> welcome to the mind of our family where. A Glee conversation <coughs> can somehow lead to Stranger Things. So, of course. Kaloran turned out to actually be aiding Mare. He just couldn't tell her for reasons. reasons. Obvious reasons. And now they're all this ragtag group that are free and going to go. All is right with the world, and Mare feels like she's indestructible and nothing will ever harm her again. So, so it's the way we the, the prefer to end the chapter. Yes. Right. I like I, these that, high chapters rather that than means low ending that chapters. The, beginning of the next chapter will probably be a mega bummer. A mega yeah. bummer and depressing and she's gonna be so down on herself. I am the worst human being to ever exist and I am so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Everyone can hurt me. You yeah. do have to think, what is this gonna do? Because they can't trade Cal now. And they're running, so what is Maven gonna do? He's not gonna make it so that the 15 to 18 year olds don't have to get the script anymore. What is he going to do now to really turn the screws on Mayor since they're not giving him Cal? Like, is this going to be something he's going to use to further get into Mayor's head? You yes. could just give me Cal and you could have saved all these people right. all this trouble, but yeah. instead you chose this and see what exactly. happens. Mm-hmm. This is all your fault. Yeah, that's how it'll be twisted. So. All you guys had to do was hand over Cal and you could it have saved so all easy, these people. But no, you chose the hard way. Yeah. Yep. You, you forced my hand. You gave me no choice. Typical Maven. Gaslight Denier. Denier. <laughs> yeah. Gaslit by your grandma. <laughs> the plot of Man, the <laughs> Abuela was hardcore gaslighting then, though. No, yeah. Like, for real. So Pretty the, insane. Yeah. The entire plot of Encanto getting gaslit by your grandma. Gaslit by your grandma. Yeah. So that's where we will end chapter eight and this episode 
thank you guys so much for hanging out with us. We are really enjoying, like we said, being back in the discussion episodes and doing these one chapter at a time. We really like getting so in nice. depth and not having to rush through all the plot. So we hope you guys are enjoying them too. Yeah. Thank you so much for being patient with our release date. Yes. We have been kind of struggling with schedules and balancing things and getting everything managed. So I appreciate you guys being patient on the days that the episodes drop. We will try to get it regulated so you'll always know when the episodes are going to be coming out. Although also bear with us for this next month because July is going to be a big month. Yeah. We're recording this within July, but this is July 1st that we're recording. Because it'll release a good bit away. Yeah. He is getting ready to go into some theater stuff, so we will do our best. You'll get an episode every week. We'll get it out to you. It just may not be on Sunday. So we appreciate you guys being patient and for coming back every week. We love you so much. And we're so excited to be on this journey with you. Um, go ahead and uh, give us a follow over on Instagram. We're having a ball over there. It is at Reading with the Rockefellers. And you can submit your fan art, DM us, all that good kind of stuff. We check in there quite a bit. You can email us directly. You can send us your fan art there, your fan casting ideas. Uh, that is readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. I enjoy seeing emails because it's the only way I really get to interact with you guys. Yep. Because Mia, doesn't, Mia doesn't do the Instagram. I do the Instagram. Yes. So emails are my my way to interact. Yeah. So send those in, readingwiththerockefellers at gmail.com. And then we have updated the website a little bit for season two. It's got a new look. So check that out. Got some new pictures up there. I have to show you guys the pictures I put up. I haven't showed you guys yet that I did the other night. But... Uh, it is just www.readingwiththerockefellers. You can find all of our episodes there, our fan art, our blog, uh, pictures of us, pictures of our Dumbo Rat mascots, Meredith and Diana. They are up there. Oh, and don't forget um, to catch us on YouTube as well. Uh, we've got all of season one up, I think. Um, I think we might be missing... The second fan casting episode to round out all the videos for season one. I think we're still waiting on that one, but I told you that I, <coughs> I just didn't do everything. Or no, I didn't do the video for that. Right. Nope. We're still waiting on the video for that one with all the pictures. But we'll get we'll get it up there eventually. Um, we know you guys are patient with us, and we really appreciate it. We are literally just a three person team, <laughs> producing, editing and distributing this podcast. So we really appreciate mm -hmm. all the patience that you guys have shown with us. We're we, also all hosting it. So it's like we right. host, we edit, we produce, we do we, everything. We do everything. It is it is just the three of us at this table that get it done. So um, literally nothing but the payment for the video for me videoing everything. And the website. And the website. Yep. So yeah. that's the only the only budget we really have. After we bought the equipment, yeah. Yeah, after the equipment. Right. So we really appreciate you guys hanging in there with us and supporting a homegrown podcast just put on by three people who like to talk about a book. And we hope that you guys are enjoying it too. Um, again, catch us on all the socials um, and the YouTube channel, Reading with the Rockefellers. And we will be back next week with another discussion episode for Chapter 9. We will see you then. Bye. Bye. Bye.